Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. Lord, help me to make a difference for you that is disproportionate to who I am. Let those words sink in for a minute. Let me make a difference for you that is disproportionate to who I am. I saw this prayer. It's from David Brainerd, who was the missionary to the Native American Indian. And I saw this prayer a long time ago, and since I've seen this prayer, this has been one of the prayers for my life. I pray this prayer a lot. Lord, I want to make a difference for you that is disproportionate to who I am. Please tell me that's your prayer this morning. Now, maybe you didn't say it like that. Maybe that's the first time you've ever seen these words arranged this way, and it's never dawned on you to pray this prayer. But please tell me that your heart is that, that you want to make a difference for God that is disproportionate to who you are. It's a big prayer. It's my prayer for this church. God, help us at Cross Lane to make a difference for you that is disproportionate to who we are as a church. We're just a little church on the corner. We're not a mega church. Probably never going to be a mega church. Don't even know that we want to be a mega church. We just want to make a difference for God that is disproportionate to who we are. So that at the end of the day, when we see some great thing that has happened, we know better than to take credit for it. We know better than to say, look what we did. We know to say, look what God did. Because God took our little bitty and made it something awesome. I've heard story after story after story in just the last six or seven weeks that would indicate to me that that prayer is being lived out among us. Not because the staff is a great staff and is doing great things, not because the elders are awesome, but because the Cross Lane Community Church is an awesome place. At the end of the service today, you're going to see a couple of those stories. I, I mean, I could have, there's five or six people at least, there's more than that in this room that I could have done with what I'm going to do later in the service, and you'll see it, and it'll hopefully it'll change your life, but... Cross Lane is a very, very special place. It is a light in this community to hundreds of people, if not thousands. It is a light in my life personally. Hopefully it's a light in yours. Now, I need to tell you something as we talk about Cross Lane today. When you hear me talk about Cross Lane Community Church, that is not me praising the staff or me taking credit for anything or me praising the elders or anything like that. That's not what it is. When you hear me refer to the Cross Lane Community Church, what I want you to understand is we are an extension, the hands and feet of Jesus. So when I encourage or when I talk about the, the impact of the Cross Lane Community Church, I'm talking about the impact of Jesus on a life. Don't, don't think for a second that, that I'm trying to say that, that Cross Lane's better than some other church or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to say is what happens here. God does. And he uses the people in this church to do some pretty incredible things. When this church gets glory, God gets the glory. 
The elders don't get the glory. The preacher doesn't get the glory. Kyle and the band don't get the glory. In fact, Kyle and the band, they're pretty careful to make sure that that everybody on this stage knows why they're on this stage, and it's not to get glory. Bill Hybels at this year's Leadership Summit said something that I totally agree with when it comes to the church. He said, nothing has the power, beauty, and potential of the local church. I like that. That's true. Nothing has the power, beauty, and potential of the local church. I want to, um, I want to, I'm not going to talk very long today. I got, normally on a day I've got 13 pages of notes. I got five today, okay? So, so I got something really, I got a treat for you at the end of the message. You're going to like it. And the, the song at the end is killer, just trust me. But I want to, I want to, share with you a little story out of the Bible that is very familiar to you. If you've been in church for a long time, this story is just, you could, you could tell this story by heart. If you're new to church, you may have heard of the story, but you, maybe you've never heard it read or you don't know where it is. It's Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. If you have your Bible, turn there. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. This is when Moses encounters the burning bush. This is when God is going to tell Moses exactly what he wants him to do. And there are some things for us in this encounter that Moses has with God. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jericho, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then we encounter these three words. And I would argue that these three words change everything for Moses. The Lord said. The Lord said. Now I know that doesn't rock your socks off this morning, but trust me. When the Lord says, and the Lord is about to give you your marching orders, it changes your life. These are three significant words, and these words will have an eternal impact on Moses' life, and they would, in fact, have an impact on your life and on mine. When God speaks to someone and calls them to something, they are never the same after that. Generally, for me, it's in a whisper. I don't typically hear God yelling my name. It's usually in quiet moments, or it's usually when I'm off by myself. Now, the one exception to that is when I'm in this room and the band's playing, and God just has a way of speaking very silently through uh, loud guitars and drums, which I like very much, by the way, don't get me wrong. But God has a way of whispering in that, and I hear him loud and clear. But there have been some times in my life when God has spoken to me, and if you're new to church and you think, oh boy, here we go, here's one of those guys. No, 
It's a whisper. I've never heard an audible voice of God. It would scare me to death if I heard the audible voice of God. I would go meet Jesus right then, I think, if that were the case. And it's happened for me many times, and I could tell you all kinds of stories. I'm going to give you three uh, places in my life where I have heard the whisper of God. The first one was when I was 10 years old and gave my life to Christ. And I knew at 10 years old exactly what I was doing. And I knew at 10 years old when I responded to the call of Christ on my life that my life would never be the same. I knew it. Another time was when I decided to go into ministry. And believe me, I was kind of like Jonah. I was not... I had good people in my world telling me that, Brett, you need to be in ministry, and ministry was the last place I wanted to be because you've got to get up in front of people and talk, and I don't want to do that. And God said, I want you in ministry. He didn't yell. It was a whisper. It changed my life. My life's never been the same since then. Ten years ago, year 2000, Mom had been asking me, Brett, when are you going to preach? Because up until then, I'd been a youth pastor. When are you going to preach? I'd say, well, God, Mom, God's not calling me to preach. And she'd say, well, when he wants you, he'll call you. Okay, Mom. <laughs> and then God called me and said, Brett, I want you to preach. And my life has never been the same. Those three decisions were the result of God whispering to me. God whispers to you. My dad was a truck driver. He retired as a truck driver, and, and um, I have lots of memories of my dad and, and associated with driving a truck, but one of them was he would be gone for pretty much a, about two days at a time. And, and so that meant he was sleeping overnight in a hotel somewhere. And so he had this <clears throat> little get-up that he traveled with when he would go to work. He had a suitcase, and he had like a, 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 an overnight bag. And then he had this box that he had bought from a, a TV tube repair store. And um, the trucks that he drove, he was in a different truck every time. He didn't have the same truck when he went out every time. It was different. So his CB radio and his tape player and his radio and all, the, all this electronic stuff, he took a, a tube a television tube repair kit box and he would I've seen him do it for him and his friends it seems like a hundred times he would cut these things out and he would mount these CBs and things inside of it and it was really heavy I remember picking it up and just weighed a ton and he'd get that to the cab of the truck and there was a set of alligator clips on the end of it he would hook those to the dashboard and that would power his radio and one of the things that he had was a he'd taken a set of vice grips and he had welded them to a bracket and the bracket was, uh, on the bracket was mounted the CB radio antenna. So when he would get to the truck, he would hook all that up, and then he would take the antenna, and he would vice grip that to the, the channel above the window on the cab of the truck. And it had lights on it, and those guys used different colored lights to kind of let them know who they were. That's how they could tell who each other were when they would meet. They, many times they would identify those lights on the antenna in a certain arrangement. I don't know how many times I've watched my dad come in with a new antenna, Who's always looking for the new antenna, better mic to speak, and a new antenna? Because being on the road, those conversations he would have with the other drivers made the time pass for him. And in some occasions, it would be safe for him to be able to communicate with someone. It, they could tell him information down the road. This is before GPSs. This is before cell phones. This is before all that stuff. You, you didn't have a whole lot of help. And you know, one thing you did have was that CB radio to talk back and forth. So. 
he knew that people would be talking to him and he was interested in receiving the signal being sent to him. So he was always trying to buy the best antenna he could find. There are some people in Terre Haute, I know of one house in particular that's not far from here, that has a ham radio in it. If you drive by that house, you can see the antennas. They're special antennas designed to receive a specific signal. And I'm sure that the people that live in that house have invested quite a bit of money to be able to receive those ham radio signals. Let me ask you a question this morning. If you thought God was speaking to you, wouldn't you be interested and wouldn't you want the very best antenna you could find to receive that signal? If you thought God was speaking to you. Is there anybody in the room this morning that isn't interested in what God has to say specifically to you? God tries to speak to you, I believe, every single day of your life. I believe God is speaking to you every single day of your life. Moses hears God's voice and his life will never be the same. Now I'm going to read this next part to you and, and I want you to understand that, that God is going to talk about the people that he hears crying out to him, the people that are caught in the land of Egypt, the Israelites who can't get free, that they're in oppression and bondage, and he's talking about them. But I want you to know that as a pastor, when I read this this week, when I read this particular passage, I did not hear that. The only thing I could hear as I read these next two or three verses, I, everything that I read in here, I just replaced the people of Terre Haute. The people of Terre Haute. And so as I'm reading this, I want you to replace what God is talking about the, the people in Egypt, the Israelites caught in Egypt, and I want you to replace them with the people of Terre Haute. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That could better be said, I've heard the people in Terre Haute crying out, there's got to be more than this, than just getting up and going to work every day and trying to make a wage and trying to make my house payment and get a car and put the kids through school. I want to live for more than that. Please tell me there's more than that. Please tell me that when I lay my head on my pillow at night, it's not just when I die, it's over. Please tell me there's hope. Please tell me how to handle a boss that drives me nuts. Please tell me how to manage and get through this time in my life when it just seems like we have no money and I don't know where it's going to come from. I will bring them up into a spacious land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. I read that, I just hear Terre Haute. God is asking Moses a question, and I would say that God is asking you and me a question. The question he's asking is, I hear it, do you hear it? God says, I hear the cries. I hear people that are in bondage. I hear people that wonder which end is up. I hear people that wonder what's going to happen next. I hear people who feel hopeless and helpless. 
I hear it, but God says, do you hear it? Moses, do you hear it? And then verse 10, we read this. So, now go. God just offered you that that is not a request. Okay. God's not saying, now Moses, I'd really like it if you'd go. You know, would you go? It's not a request. You know what? God doesn't have to ask us to do things. He's God, okay? He can tell us what to do. So now go, I am sending, I'm sending who? I'm sending you. A weird thing happens to people of faith. And it happens to me all the time. On the one hand, I want to hear God say, I'm sending you. I want to hear that so bad. That prayer, Lord, help me to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who I am. I want that to be true of my life in the worst way. In other words, I want to hear God say, I pick you. I have a job to do, and I'm picking you to do it. I've talked about this before, but when I was in the ninth grade, I was painfully little, okay? Painfully. I mean, I cannot stress for you how small I was as as a freshman in high school. I was 88 pounds. I was four foot, 11 inches, and a half (laughs) tall. Teeny tiny. And I was just like any other little boy. I loved to play dodgeball. So when we would... When we were in gym class at my middle school, we got to play dodgeball. Mr. Rose would bring out the dodgeballs. And there was a guy in our class named Newt Parman who you know, went through high school. He was kind of a rascal. But now he's a pastor. He was the biggest, tallest, strongest guy in our class. Very popular. I mean, I literally looked up to Newt Parman in more ways than one. And one day... Mr. Rose picked two guys out of the crowd and he said, Newt and -and so-and-so, you guys pick teams. And Newt Parman pointed at me and said my name. Do you know how that makes you feel? He picked me. God says, I'm sending you I expect that's maybe a little bit about how Moses felt. What? You know, what I didn't know to say, I mean, I was just elated that Newt wanted me to be on his dodgeball team. But what I could have said was, Newt, don't you see I'm not very big? Don't you see that I don't have a very good arm? And don't you see that if you threw it at me, you'd probably knock me over? I'm sending you. That's what I want to hear God say to me. I'm sending you. Lord, help me to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who I am. God says, I'm sending you. And yet much of my life is spent feeling as if I am in no way good enough, smart enough, educated enough, spiritual enough, fill in the blank enough to do what God is calling me to do. On the one hand, I want to hear the words more than any other, so now go, I am sending you. And on the other, you know, and I'm praying that prayer, God, help me to make a difference that is disproportionate to who I am. 
And yet so much of the time, I sound just like Moses. Listen to Moses. God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Stephen Furtick is a preacher in the Carolinas. He said this, it's so true. There is always a discrepancy between, between the way you see yourself and the way God sees you. Let me say that again. There is always a discrepancy between the way you see yourself and the way God sees you. Verse 11, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God, I can't do this. You know who you're talking to? Do you know what my limitations are? Do you realize who you're talking to? And then look what God says to Moses in verse 12. And then God said, I will be with you. Moses, the problem is that when you see you, you don't see you the way I see you. When you see you, you're not thinking about me. When I see you, I know I'm going to be with you. I don't even worry about it, Moses. Because see, I really don't need you. I'm letting you participate. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to take care of it. I'm sending you because I want to do something in you and I want to show you something and I've got plans for you. But I, I don't really need you. I could do this any way I want to. But Moses, guess what? You get to help. I'll be with you. And isn't that really, think about it in your world, isn't that really all you need to know? God will be with you. God will be with you. What else do you need to know? Roy Disney said, when your values are clear to you, decisions come easy. When your values are clear to you, decisions come easy. I want you to be assured this morning that your elders and the staff of this church are very clear on our values. Our values, we have several, but the main values are we value youth ministry highly here. We value evangelism highly here. We value community highly here. Life change, highly value that here. We know what we want to see happen in this church. We know what God wants us to do here. And we have been convinced for some time now that Cross Lane does not have the facilities to match our vision and mission. We just simply don't. Quite simply, there are ministries that are suffering in this church. Youth ministry is not being done the way we believe God wants it to be done. We believe that the reason that that ministry is hindered, one of the reasons, is the facilities that we have. When your values are clear to you, decisions are easy. We've got to address that problem. We have limited space that's keeping us from reaching our goals in terms of community and life change and evangelism. We can't look at what God's calling us to do and then say, well, we don't have the facilities, God, we can't do it. No, you do something about it. You address the problem. You figure it out. God, what are you calling me to do? I'm calling you to do that. Well, that's in the way. Well, move that problem and do that thing. If God calls you to it, he expects it to be done. Only God knows the amount of time that has been spent by our elders in the last, 
I'm going to say four or five years, but our elders spend a lot of time thinking and talking and praying about a lot of stuff. But in the last three or four years, thousands and thousands of man hours have been spent by our elders trying to figure out where we're going as a church, what's next for us, what's the right play, what's the right strategy, what is God calling us to, how are we going to do this? You know, God, help us. Help us to figure out the right people to use, how much money to spend, all that kind of stuff. I, I just have no idea how many man hours have been put into that whole thing. God knows. I wish I could quantify for you how hard your leaders work for you to see to it that this church is the life-changing vessel that God wants it to be. In the last couple of years, we've brought some really good people around us. We've been meeting and we have met and will continue to meet with some consultants that are really making a difference both in my life personally and just for us as a team. Um, we've been working with what we believe is one of the best church builders, not only in the state of Indiana, but this side of the Mississippi. These guys are incredible. They want to build more than just buildings. They want to build churches. This part community, ministry. They care about that kind of stuff. Up until now, there's been very, very little to, to, to tell you because, quite honestly, there's not been a whole lot that we, we have really known. But I'm telling you, in March, you're going to know an awful lot about what's coming down the line. And we're going to make it very clear to you what the project is, what it's going to cost, what it's going to take. All that stuff is coming in March. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to try and be as authentic and as transparent as we can be. We always try to be that with you so that you can know exactly what's going on. Up until now, not been a whole lot to tell you. I believe that we have a great vision for this church, and I believe God wants to use us in unbelievable ways in this city. But I know this. I know that with great vision comes great cost. With great vision comes great cost. God help me to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who I am. You can pray that prayer if you want to, but I'm going to tell you, you can't pray that prayer if you aren't given to God. You can't pray that prayer if you haven't come before God and said, God, I'm giving what I have to you. You can have whatever you need. Just use it. I want you to understand something that's very important this morning. Our vision is not about a building. It's not about a building. If you ever get the sense from me that our vision is tied up in a building, I'm not communicating to you properly. Our vision is to see lost people become saved. Facilities and buildings and things we build and things we buy and technology pieces and band things and lights and all that stuff, those are tools. But those aren't the vision. The vision is life change. I'm going to show you what the vision is. You're going to see a tangible demonstration of what the vision is in just a minute. I spent a couple of hours about a week ago, week and a half ago, with a couple of friends of mine, Mike Daly and Melissa Hunt Stegall. And they gave me permission to interview them on camera, and they trusted me. And I think that their trust is well-founded. I think you'll see that I did right by them. But I just asked them some questions about their encounter with Cross Lane. And again, I want to make sure that you understand, when I say Cross Lane, Cross Lane and Jesus to me are, are interchangeable. Because the work that's done here is done by Jesus. So when we, when we credit Cross Lane with something, what we're really saying is God did a cool thing. And what I want you to understand is that 
inside of five years, the two people you're about to see on this screen, neither one of them knew Jesus. And I want you to see how their lives have been changed because they found a church that would tell them, would accept them, first of all, the way they are, and would tell them that Jesus died on a cross for their sins, that there is hope, that they can be set free, that they are loved just the way they are. And so just watch this, and then I'll be back up in just a minute. At this time, please pause the sermon and view the video that Brett is referring to entitled Bigger Than Me on the church website under the Video Messages tab. Then, after the video, return to this sermon for the conclusion. Help me to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who I am. That is life change you just heard. That is people who five years ago did not know Jesus, had no hope, no joy in their life really to speak of, living in sin, in bondage, and their lives are changed. Because people come together and make a church and they say corporately, God, help us to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who we are. I just showed you two stories. There are thousands of those beyond these walls. Thousands waiting to be told. There are more in this room that I could have told. We cannot stop. And we can't look at our limitations and say, well, you know, our building's not big enough. It's just going to be us four no more. This is just all we're going to do. We have got to pursue the people God tells us to pursue, to bring them to Christ, to let Him change their life. It's not our job to change their life. It's Jesus' job. Our job, get them here. I want to show you one last clip. It's 56 seconds long. This is what you need to know about this clip. This is a lady that does not even go to our church. She works over here at Terrytown School as a counselor. She sees cross-lane people in and out of the school all the time because of Kids Hope and because of the Kid Care Project. She sees cross-lane people working with the kids in the school. She knows what an impact this church has had on the school, but she goes beyond that. I asked her, we took some cameras to talk to her about Kids Hope. We had a terrible time. My little camera wasn't working right, and we just, I didn't take the big one. We had to call and have the big one brought over, and the sound wasn't real good, so we're going to have to bump the volume up on the sound so you can hear what she says, but but I was with her maybe 45 minutes, and I, I took away this 56-second clip, and this is what I want you to understand about our church today. I asked her the question, if you wiped Cross Lane off the face of the planet, if we no longer existed, would that have a major impact on Terrytown School? This is what she said. What does that mean here? That's not good, Brett. Have a significant impact on this. Absolutely, it would. It would have a significant impact on North Terre Haute. Because even though we're talking about Terrytown School, when the flood happened in 2008, Cross Lane Community Church was instrumental in reaching out to those families that had been flooded out and didn't have anywhere to go and didn't have any cleaning supplies and didn't have any food. Um, 
you know, it's not just Terrytown School that Cross Lane touches. It, it touches this entire North Terre Haute community. Do I really need to say any more? This is God's church. Terre Haute is God's city. He hears the cries. The question is, do we hear what God hears? And are we willing to do anything about it? And are we really willing to pray that prayer? Lord, help me to make a contribution for you that is disproportionate to who I am. God, do a big thing. Bigger than me. The best times in your life will be the times when you realize you're a part of something bigger than you. And there's nothing bigger than you than God. He's with us. He will not let us down. Let's make a difference. Disproportionate to who we are. As cool and as awesome as the history is at this church, the life change that's happened, your life change. Just think about telling your story. As cool as that is, as awesome as it is, as much as you can see God in that, greater things have yet to come. God is the God of this city. He is the God of this church. And we will make a difference disproportionate to who we are.